I call the meeting to order. Is the mic on? Yes. Okay. I'm going to call the meeting to order now. It's a minute after seven. And uh, the City of University Heights City Council meeting today is Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Uh, all of council is present. Uh, first order of business, approval of minutes, October 8th. Are there any additions or corrections to the minutes? Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. Okay, welcome everybody. Nice to see a lot of people here in the public. Would anyone like to speak to the council now? Okay. Hello, uh, my name is Tori Forbes and I live at 536 Mahaska Court. I brought my son Alex here um, and we'd like to address the council regarding Ordinance 201, uh, which is urban chickens. So my family is very interested in um, uh, getting urban chickens and uh, we were notified that the ordinance has actually expired um, because it expired in May 2019 and it needs to be um, readdressed by the council in order for us to actually uh, go forward and get chickens. So we're really hoping that the council will reconsider and uh, put it on uh, an agenda for a future meeting, maybe in December. We've already signed up for a, a course as required in the ordinance, which um, will actually take place next Tuesday. Um, and so my son Alex really wanted to participate in this process and, uh, and address the council. And so he was hoping he could also say a, free, a few words about why he's really interested in this ordinance. Hi, Alex. So my one of my best friends has chickens and I went to a sleepover at his house and his chickens were adorable and I really <laughs> like him and then also um I've heard that chickens can really like taking care of animals can really help kids like develop responsibility and a lot of stuff like that and we've already picked out names for them <laughs> I know we've, oh. we've not confirmed but we've thought of some pretty funny names so when so we're planning on getting buff Orpingtons. Okay. And when my mom first told me this, I thought she said buff or binktons. So I, <laughs> asked, I asked what binktons were. And she didn't know what I was talking about. And now she's decided she's going to name her chicken binkton. Oh. really funny. That's good. What grade are you in, Alex? Sixth grade. I'm actually writing persuasive essays right now in my language arts class. Oh, wow. I was thinking about writing it about chickens, and I learned some stuff about them. And I think it's it's a really good thing for kids to learn where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. And chickens can really help with that. Thank well, you. you know, you can uh, uh, have the teacher watch this on TV. <laughs> and she can see how persuasive you are. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Alex. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, it's not on the agenda this month, no. but okay. We'll see if council wants to put it on for next month. Okay. Thank you, Tori. Thank you, Alex. Would anyone else like to speak to the council? Are we going to need some more chairs, Mike? Okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, no one else wants to speak. Okay, we'll go on to uh, Steve Cool is here, the city accountant, and he's going to talk about uh, the annual finance report. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> first item up um, is the uh, 
resolution to uh, approve fund transfers for the year. A little bit of background information into that. Uh, from the examination from last year, uh, John Olson had a comment that uh, although the transfers were made, that the council should approve those. All those transfers are transfers from one fund to another for certain legal reasons or whatever. And so, anyway, that's the purpose of this uh, resolution. What we're what we're approving tonight is uh, the transfers that legally have to be made. Um, transfers, uh, first of all, we had uh, a year ago from this date, there was a resolution to transfer $28,000 uh, a loan from the general fund to the TIF fund uh, for seed money for <coughs> urban renewal projects. Um, second, uh, second phase of this is debt servicing transfers. Uh, under the Code of Iowa, general obligation debt has to be paid out of the debt service fund. Um, we have two bond issues on the 2006 bond for this area here, the OUP bond, uh, about two-thirds of that. Uh, the funding for the repayment is based on uh, special assessments and special assessments have to de be deposited into a special revenue account and so the special assessments fund cannot directly make the debt service fund so we have to make this transfer over so what we're transferring over is on the 2016 bond uh, the total principal interest and fees totaled seventy four thousand six hundred and forty dollars the applicable portion of that Approximately two thirds is forty nine thousand one oh five point twenty six. That's item B on the screen there. Uh, the other one is the two thousand eighteen bond, Swisher bond. Uh, it's uh, funded by multiple sources. I believe the first three years, uh, the repayment is funded either fully or partly by the local option sales tax money, and that was received in several years back um, and that money is sitting in the general fund so that is to approve transferring uh, $13,215.14 to the debt service fund to cover the interest and fees on the 2018 bond paid. So that brings, brings the total two debt service transfers and the TIF project transfers $90,000 $320.40. Um, so, uh, 1944 is before the council. Is there a motion? I motion to adopt. Okay, motion by Sylvia. Is there a second? Second. Second by Nick. Uh, discussion? Um, Steve, what are we going to do about fund transfer monitoring? Because that was an, an issue that was audited. And um, when I spoke to Treasury about how we monitor these, these uh, fund transfers, there isn't really a method or a software reporting. When I've consulted with other municipalities, they actually use um, software to um, monitor some of these fund transfers. So my question is, from a process uh, standpoint, which is what the audit detected, there is a process issue. What are we going to do going forward for for getting advance council approval for these um, for these fund transfers 
do you have any software on your end from your CPA firm that but could assist it's with this? Or? It's, it, it just depends on you know, what the city's financial structure is, how many funds they have. Right, yeah. Like but my question, which is what most of the other municipalities have, is one, the other munis have analysts who are monitoring this, and they use reporting tools to help them project out so they're that's why they're able to get ahead of the issue so, so my question for us is general ledgers have actual transfer transfer in accounts so Some can cities make monthly transfers for that's right servicing, that's right fund so my question uh, so, so why don't you and i work on a process for december where we will have some type of monitoring in place because olson's comment was we are seeking um post uh, fund transfer approval from council when it when it's required to be prior so that's that's it's just a timing issue and so that's that's what what needs work and i don't know if it, if the lori doesn't have any way of monitoring this and i don't know if you have any other way of monitoring this i don't know which which department has the better is better position to take care of this um, well lori would have the information on that mm-hmm Whenever we do a transfer, we should we should set it up for the process right then. Right. 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 So something to that effect. So we just have to align somebody. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. we'll pick it up that and we'll get something for that December. Would be for the two debt service ones, so mm -hmm. you'd never transfer uh, like December first and June first for those installment payments. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Any other discussion? All in favor, say aye. 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 It's a resolution. It's a roll call vote. Miller. Aye. Moore. Aye. Maher. Aye. Casada. Aye. Herbold. Aye. Carried. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we'll go to uh, the finance report. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the background of this resolution is the annual financial report required by the state of Iowa. Um, this is the final adjusted books for the year. Um, I'll try to go through this. It's a little bit more cumbersome this year. The state's in the process right now of mm -hmm. combining the streets and the budget and the annual financial reports all into one site for doing all of this. And, and Sorry. So the annual re report for this year is on the new website. Uh, so the report, this is not in the same format it's been in the past. So it's similar, but not the same. Uh, I'm not really going to go through this. Yeah, you're going to do the high points here? Pardon? You're going to go through high points of? Right, yeah. Okay, very good. So I'm basically just going to go through the main points on this where we ended up uh, compared to like the budget and the amended budget and so forth um, so anyway the the net surplus for the year um, we ended up with a surplus of five hundred and eight thousand six hundred and eighty four dollars um, the budgeted surplus for the amended budget was a little over four hundred and thirteen thousand so we came out a little bit more ahead than what was projected. Two main reasons for that. Um, when we did the amended budget, 
uh, for the Special. for the new project, mm -hmm. hotel project down there. Uh, we there was some uncertainty on when the building fees were going to be collected, mm -hmm. or the building permit, and it actually uh, came in and was deposited towards the end of June. And there was some uncertainty whether it was going to be in July or August or June. So we left it off of the amended budget and did not have that revenue. So yeah, could you speak a little louder in sure, there so sure. the audience can hear you? Thank you. So anyway, when we did the amended budget, we didn't have the uh, building permit for the hotel in there because of the uncertainty when the city was going to get it. So, so we actually have... Uh, a little over $52,000, a little over $50,000 more budget, uh, building permits received than budgeted. So we had more revenue budgeted there. Um, from the expense side, uh, last spring with the turnover in the police department, uh, we adjusted down for the amended budget the expected uh, payroll and payroll taxes and benefits and so forth. Um, the actual ended up being a little bit over $30,000 less than what was the amended budget. So those two items there, uh, $50,000 for the building permits and $30,000 for the uh, less cost in the police department pretty much was the difference between where we ended up and where we were projecting to be on the amended budget. So. Overall, everything else came out pretty close to the what we were predicting for the amended budget. A um, few other things I just wanted to point out. At the, at the end of uh, June of this last summer, we had a fund balance. Uh, we have a fund, total fund balance of uh, just a little bit over $1 million. Mm -hmm. That's broken down by several funds. Uh, some of these I'm just quickly go over the balance. The road use tax fund is a little over 103000 We've been carrying that balance for quite some time. Uh, the TIF special um, You'll have fund. to turn your microphone sure. when you, because okay. to hear you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. The TIF special revenue fund has a balance of $28,000, and that's the unspent loan money. Uh, the Capital Projects Fund, that's the uh, Swisher Land thing. Um, the gross proceeds from the bond sale, the net proceeds was a little over 550000 uh, The purchase of the land was about 480000 uh, and then we had bond, uh, financial advisor, legal fees, and so forth. And so after that was spent we still have an unspent balance on the capital projects of, of that project $38,238 so uh, we have a special balance in the special assessments fund of about $98,500 um, on the special assessments some of the some of the um, people are paying multiple assessments rather than over that period of time, whatever that was, 10 years, I think, whatever that time frame for paying those special assessments. Some people are paying all up front. And so we only transfer out of that what's 
necessary to pay two-thirds of the 2016 bonds. So we have some surplus money in the in the special assessments mm -hmm. fund that when we get into the later years, as that bond keeps getting paid, then we'll be dipping into that balance and eventually that will vanish by the time that 2016 bond is all paid off. Uh, the general fund balance is um, about 679,300. Three main divisions of that. The unspent local, local option sales tax money, 316,829. Uh, we have the proceeds from the Olive Court. Uh, that was 246,630 which is still in the general fund yet. And then that leaves uh, an unrestricted balance in the general fund of 115,838. So overall, at the end of the year, we have new funds that have negative balances. All, all balances have positive funds. I think last year we had capital projects fund last year had a negative balance and that was only because we had city had to put down the 10% mm -hmm. bid deposit for the land so but, uh, otherwise all, all, right. all the funds are appear to have adequate funding so okay uh, resolution 1945 is before the council is there a, a motion, motion adoption motion by Sylvia is there a second any further questions for Steve? Uh, Steve, are we collecting any more um, property taxes on what we projected? Um, it was uh, about five thousand dollars less than the total. About five thousand less than the total amount requested. Okay, good. But this is on cash basis, so you have to remember the county is uh, one month behind. Uh, any other questions? Um, roll call vote. Moore. Aye. Maher. Casada. Aye. Herbold. Aye. Miller. Aye. Carried. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for coming. Um, the only other comment about the annual financial report tomorrow, I'll get. Oh yeah, we've got to get it. Mm -hmm. And then it will filed, published. Yeah, I, it process is different, so I have to create the publication, and that'll be published next week. And then uh, by December first, then we just need to um, send the publication proof and page one off a signed copy of page one of the AFR in, and that will be finally filed. Okay, Chris will work on it, and I'll right. sign it. I'll keep I'll keep you up to date. Well, thank you. When I, need, when I need your signature and everything. Okay, very good. Thank you so much, Steve. If you want to stay, you're welcome to stay. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, we'll go on to uh, streets and sidewalks. Um, Dottie, you had um, Ordinance 241 you wanted to speak right. about again. I also want to comment. Did you all see the press, press citizen this Can morning? You push it down? Iowa City is already on. Iowa City is already on top of the snow removal. Unfortunately, the editor called 
Laverne and Steve and not Stan, but other than that, it's pretty Steve. succinct. Okay, now for our ordinance 241. Troy and I took uh, Steve's ordinance from last meeting, and I edited it, and uh, Troy uh, proofread it to see if he agreed, and he did. So the the ordinance that you now see before you with the edits uh, is the ordinance that I'm asking you to approve. We have included the process. Uh, we've explained that this is the uh, where they're to put the hanger, uh, that this is the only notice that people will receive, and that if they do not remedy it, they'll be... Uh, the snow will be removed and they will be fined. Uh, and if they don't pay the fines, it will be uh, added to the property taxes. So do you have any questions or objections or complaints? And is it clear enough? My opinion on this ordinance change has not changed over the course of the last three meetings. What is your objection? My objection is that if there is a public safety risk, you are adding 24 hours to the process to be able to get those sidewalks cleared. Well, I think we have to deal with reality. And, uh, you know, people aren't going to hop up at 2 in the morning if the snow ends then and start to shovel snow. So um, I thought it was quite, quite practical and quite possible, and Troy did also. So, uh, any other comments from the rest of you or objections that? I just think it's fine the way it already is. I mean, I just don't think we need to. You mean the existing ordinance? The existing ordinance without muddling it up with giving notice and who have we given notice to and well that's i think people know or they should know what they need to do but they don't know see and there are many new people in town new people in iowa i mean i think it's fine as paul as like an internal council policy to post door hangers and give people notice when possible i'm just saying i don't want to put it on the city that we are required to sit on our hands for 24 more hours should there be a serious public safety risk like the one that i witnessed last winter and this is how we do the uh Trimming, tree trimming, and trimming near the sidewalk. So well, I think so, I mean, I there's think nothing in the current ordinance that says we never are going to give notice. We're just going to spring giant bills on people. Give give notice if if it's appropriate. There are situations like what we saw last winter where it was seriously dangerous. I personally witnessed a dozen pedestrians hit the ground. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want the city to have to witness that. And then say we can't do anything for 24 hours it doesn't say that you can't it just gives a reasonable time frame so and that reasonable time frame is exactly what it makes the process evenly applied to everyone mm -hmm. it's not subjective to the eyes of one counselor who may be more sensitive 
to slip and falls or many other issues. And I think all I, I, what I care most is having a process that is equally applied to all property owners, simply for the one proposition that if the city is to add more sidewalks, you need to have a process that is clear so that expectations are outlined clearly and people can rely on those rules. And yes, I understand the safety hazard issue, and that's why there is private litigation for torts for slip and falls. And that is the responsibility of the property owner. That's why we all carry homeowner's insurance. So the, my point is, if we're going to be a walkable city in the next 5, 10 years, we need to have clear, concise, and applicable rules that are evenly applied. And a 24-hour notice and an opportunity to clear up the path or whatever needs to be taken place is fair. Moreover, the ordinance as written provides notice just once. It doesn't repeatedly have the city in a position to do it twice or three times, which removes the burden. So in my opinion, I think if you have, as, as outlined here, you receive a notice and an email, I think that's more than adequate notice to put any property owner that they, they have a problem and they have an opportunity to cure. If not, the city steps in and issues a big bill. It seems like now we're kind of following this. We just, this ordinance would just obligate us to provide the notice. But we're providing the notice already, correct? No. Well, it provides it's, a framework by which they know how to perform. It's my understanding that we hadn't been, uh, you know, it's been a ad hoc mm -hmm. process. One council comes in, they remember to put the notice. Another council comes in, they forget. No one remembers. I mean, institutional knowledge is that's why we need to have it recorded somewhere that's not a resolution but an actual ordinance so that people know where to go right now our city does not provide um, resolutions like a, a lineup of all of the resolutions that have been passed in any particular uh, fiscal year for the city and I think that's a shortfall that needs that's some transparency and disclosure that needs to happen around that. Otherwise, people are having to sift through the minutes on all of those uh, resolutions that might have been passed or the council packet. But there's no... So, Nick, I see your situation where you might be referring to a resolution, but an ordinance is clearly a superior place to place what the rules of the road are for any member of our community. And if I may jump in, as we discussed, Sylvia, since we have the new website, actually, those resolutions will be going online. So, yes, in the past we have not had those historically, but mm -hmm. we will with the new website. And they are always available from the city clerk. Yes. So to say that they're not available is not correct. Well, to say that they're not readily available is, is my point. And uh, if somebody's looking at the website at 10 p.m., it's reasonable for them to have access to to clear, concise instructions on what the expectations are for snow removal. I think they have that right now, or the ordinance says. It's it's ambiguous. That's why we had that. It's pretty clear. That's why you had Remove the snow. That's pretty clear. And, and I, I, I just wish we could notice people like in the, maybe as part of the rental process or, or something that just, you know, yeah, yeah just that that's noticed that they're, mm -hmm. put, they're put on notice at that point. And so if we have it's, yeah, it's in the paperwork. Like, like, People have to like or, initial that one in particular in the paperwork. In yeah. yeah, I mean, so I just I'm sorry, I don't really think there's any excuses for people not knowing that they're supposed to clear their sidewalks. We're all grown ups. 
You have to be a grown-up to buy a house. What does your research indicate on who, uh, I understand Coralville mails out letters in Iowa City. What do they do? Dottie? Are you asking me? I, can, I couldn't hear what you said. What do other municipalities do around notice? Well, Iowa City does what we are recommending. Oh, okay. Recommending, yeah. And it works well. Mm-hmm. So that with every snowfall, it's like a bell rings. And people realize now is the beginning that we have to be alert. And in terms of just in terms of the legal process, I I think you you need to give notice if you're going to act, if you're going to enforce something, so that people have an opportunity to respond, or react. I mean, it would you'd be hard pressed to to make anything stick. Um, and Dottie, to be clear, this is one-time notice, not right. every single one snowfall. I think season. that needs to be cleared up for the room, okay. that this is just, you know, at the first snowfall or whenever. Yeah, it's a hanger that they will hang on the door with this information, that this is the one and only notice and that you have to clean within 24 hours. Uh, or there are consequences, the city will clean and you'll be fined $100. Uh, I did see in uh, the chief's report this afternoon that he had uh, one of the officers put notice on people's door. Yeah. Is, that's right, right? Yes, I read that. Correct. So, I mean, he's, and, and he's Troy doing that very, now. Troy, having come from out of the city, of course, is very much in favor of this process and clearly it's very successful or it, it would fall by the wayside because uh, enforcing these things is not easy. I didn't get the impression when I spoke with him that he was in favor of this. He will do what the council decides. I mean as far as pushing for this, that's not the impression. Yeah, it well, sounds like he's giving those door hangers without the ordinance. It'd just be that we're precluding ourselves from being able to act. That's what he did today. Yes. He ordered that today, is my understanding. I guess I appreciate the work that's been done on this. I would like to talk to Troy and see if, I mean, if he's not thinking this is even needed. Um, I guess I tend to think that. You know, it's kind of like Virginia had said, it's probably a good policy to have in terms of giving people notice if we have the time, but if we need to act quickly. I mean, if the first event of the year is an ice event like we had, you know, later in the in the season last year, um, we would be noticing people and then either paying, the city would pay for it, or we would be waiting 24 hours, I, I think is kind of the status of that. Well, <clears throat> I think people need a fair chance, and it needs to be uniform. That's right. And it, it has to have limits. It's, it's just like any other law. That's and, right. And you can't enforce it unless you in educate and inform and make it reasonable. I agree with all that. I guess I just tend to think we should just notice everybody at the same time. If we need to do it every year, then we do it every year. But... It seems like, I don't know, somewhat arbitrary to have to give you know, certain people reminders the first time every year when we could just tell everybody. That's what I was thinking. If it's part of the rental application process, maybe we're going to be doing the 
we're, welcome letter we're, every year for all right. residents. We're we right. It's in. It's in there. I mean, mow your grass, clear your sidewalks. You know, all it of is, that. It is a new. The the other ordinance that we'll be looking at says that if the property owner has a rental permit and does not clean the snow per this ordinance, um, he is at risk for losing his rental permit, which should shape anybody up to get out and take care of the snow. If it doesn't, there are huge consequences. Well, isn't that 242 you're yeah. talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah. this is 241, mm -hmm. right? This is 241 and I think the other, what is it, 242, Steve? Yeah, 242. Okay, so can we vote? Uh, is there a motion for first consideration? Where what does council want to do? They want to. You have a second for me because I'm for process and for notice. I don't have a first though. Do you have or to have a first? As sponsor, are you going to more well, consideration? I, I think. I mean, this is the most reasonable thing. So, Dottie, are you motioning? Ad adoption of this ordinance. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Okay, so you have a proper motion on the, the table. Reading. Of first consideration of ordinance 241, amending ordinance number 82, concerning removal of snow and ice from sidewalks and requiring certain notice. And there's a second from Sylvia. Correct. Okay, any further discussion? I would just say concisely, I appreciate the work on this. I just wish we could notice everybody one time at the beginning of the year, and then if we have a problem, we can just deal with it and, and get reimbursement for it. Well, you can put it on the website, and you could put flyers around town if you wanted to spend the money. Well, I'm just saying we are, I think we already noticed them through the rental permit process. The well, we all are all, but we all aren't rental persons the welcome letter i think goes out we could it could go in the letter of all new tenants or uh, occupants new occupants <coughs> in, in uh iowa city my final comment is i think this these edits to the ordinance are in the right direction they're providing clear expectations and opportunity to cure and i think they promote having a fair distribution and application of the rules and not arbitrary arbitrary application and lastly I think a process like this encourages homeowners who don't have sidewalks now to want to have sidewalks because there is a system in place that's objective and evenly applied and that's it and it's also it, it's a bonus to know that another city does something similar to it's this very successful in Iowa City and I would think that would probably be a good omen that mm -hmm. we're on the right track. Iowa City has a large staff, which we do not have. Which makes it We more, have a process. Which makes it, it more relevant. It is fair. It is evenly. Troy wrong. doesn't think it is. And Troy well, Troy's not here to speak for himself. And so. Well, we have, a, you know, we have five new staff positions for the PD. I, I don't see how this could not possibly be part of community policing to look after the safety. So I'm comfortable that some of this responsibility would lie think, with the PD. I think it's the right step, uh, the first step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, we've done nothing. Um, and you'll start to hear people complaining because we've done nothing. And then you'll have incidents like you did the other year 
where a property owner was passing down the uh, rental, passing down the cost to the tenants and mm -hmm. telling them to clean up. So I, I think we certainly need direction. Mm -hmm. Is council ready to vote? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, uh, roll call vote. Maher? Yes. Casada? Aye. Herbold? No. Miller? No. Moore? No. Not carried. Okay, now we have first consideration of ordinance number 242, amending ordinance number 110, rental housing code, to provide for suspension of rental permit if snow and ice are not removed after notice. Steve, do you want to address that? Sure. It might go over better. So uh, this ordinance just says that, uh, that the failure to remove snow and ice um, pursuant to the city's ordinance, uh, that it's not a defense for a landowner, a property owner, to say, well, it's my tenant's job and our lease. It might be the tenant's job and the lease. I've, I've told the council earlier that um, I don't think the council, the city, can prohibit a landlord from passing on that obligation to a tenant. But um, but the, the city can say that if we assess, we, we can't, the city can't assess the cost of removal on a tenant. The city can only mm -hmm. assess the cost of removal on a, on a landlord. And this ordinance clarifies and just says that if the city assesses the cost, it's not a defense to that assessment uh, if, to say that, you know, it's the tenant's job. Uh, furthermore, it provides for um, suspension of a permit if, if, if a landlord doesn't, if the, land, if the, the uh, snow isn't re removed. And, and again, it says that it's not a defense to say, well, that's my tenant's job. Uh, was there a discussion? So failure to clear sidewalks for a rental property is already um, in our housing code counts as a strike against their rental permit. Two strikes results in a reduced term rental permit. A third strike within that period means the permit gets revoked. So you're taking a three strike rule for a whole wide list of infractions not just snow removal but other things as well down to a one strike on this one issue I personally think that's much too harsh and the first time it gets enforced against somebody you're going to get a landlord up here saying poor me poor me I was in the hospital my mother was in the hospital they're going to have some sad story for you council's going to feel bad and say oh we're so sorry we'll take that back so I don't I don't see this playing out appropriately down the line. I think we already have a system for this. And and that system did result in the revocation of a permit last year for a house that in addition to not clearing their sidewalks had other things going on. This is just for cleaning sidewalks. Yep. And it's for rental, uh, probably rental property owners who fail to monitor their property and then try to slip by. And that has happened over and over and over. And there's no reason in putting this burden on our rental uh, supervisor. He's got enough job work to do. This is something we can handle easily by an ordinance. And again, you know, 
why don't we act? I mean, then you start pointing fingers each way. You know, well, I didn't know, and you know. So if you want to clean the city up, you do it with ordinances. Mm -hmm. You don't do it with wish lists. Again, I don't think the solution here is our ordinance. I think the solution is having a rental inspector that can do consistent enforcement. That's the piece that's missing. It's not the ordinance piece. Mm -hmm. But his job will not be getting out every snowstorm and checking. I, we, I've been talking about enforcement a lot, too. I think that's we, we need to do that. I think that will, will help so we're, we're not grasping at the straws trying to change ordinances around. I would say, though, for me, this is a huge public safety issue as opposed to some of the other infractions. I'm, I'm willing to support this for that reason. Okay. So one infraction. It's suspension. I mean, I think there is maybe some question yeah. about how, how it goes. I think this is, from a safety perspective, is big enough that I would like to get the attention of landlords that Got it, especially with the ice issues that we've had. You know, you got to take this seriously. And we've heard time and time again, people complaining. You know, and you guys understand that a suspended rental people permit people means the tenants get evicted. Right? That's right, and that's my that's my concern. Property owners okay. who mm -hmm. don't pay attention, that just take the rent check every month and expect the tenant to handle the whole thing. I I just think it's a no brainer. <laughs> Is there any further discussion? Uh, so, Dottie, do you motion yes. for? Yes. Second. Okay, motion by Dottie for first consideration of ordinance number 242 and second by Nick. Any further discussion? I just think this is going to be worse for the tenant than it is for the landlord. I think we need to table this until December to get some feedback from tenants and, and see how they feel with 180-day suspension. Right now, we don't have a rental inspector in place. Number two, we don't have enough feedback. I think this is the first time we see this uh, ordinance, and I certainly want to make a fair and balanced um, uh, vote. It wouldn't be a rental inspector's duty. Uh, no, no, but I think we need some feedback on the rental population, our tenants, to see if they're willing to do We've this. Heard it here in council. So let me ask you a question, Dottie. What will happen to the tenants, to the renters? What will happen to them? Some of them are students that just moved in and, and say they have a... Heard it over and over. I have too, but we have to balance those interests out too. So the question is... Yeah, what's the question? The question is, what will happen to the tenants? You, you, you're the author of this. Tell us a little bit more about what happens to the tenants. Well, the, the withdrawal would not have to be precipitous. It could be at the end of the term of that lease or, you know. Something. Is it in the language of your ordinance? I'm sure that it could be added. I mean, that being fair is one thing, but burdening the, the whole city with absentee and errant landlords that are property owners and and rental gurus that that just take the money and and you know we've heard it here over and over uh, well, all of us have heard 
all sorts of variations. So the question is, what will happen to the tenants and what does this ordinance say with respect to that? Well, I would just say again, I, I think it's, I'm just fine voting on this, but just to respond to that issue, we've had a lot of people, a lot of houses in this town that have not had, or have not had, have not had rental permits. And we, as far as I know, have been pretty reasonable, more than reasonable in terms of moving on that. I don't expect that to change. We've given many opportunities. And so I think this sends the right message. I'd like to just vote on it. I, I understand it. Well, this is first consideration also. Mm -hmm. And there's th three considerations by council for an ordinance. Yeah, but you have to reread if you're going to add some tenant protections in this ordinance, which I would be right. inclined to, to see. You're going to have to start the rereading. So I'd rather uh, see the reading in December fully as as intended with some tenant protections i think that'll be that'll be a, that i i could put my vote behind that uh, Dottie, you want to continue with the first consideration so, you made the motion and i hear nick wants to I vote see, see. keep the second i think we should vote and um you know okay move on let the let the people stand up that don't want that kind of you know, supervision, and then they can complain to the citizens when they bring up the fact that that landlord is not. So are you agreeing to add tenant protections, a clause in this ordinance? That what? I can't. Are you agreeing to add language to protect tenants? If the snow arrived now and you have a fresh cycle of new tenants that just arrived in August... And the first time they didn't clean up or their landlord failed to clean up or whatever, somebody didn't do the cleanup. If and, and and you apply and you apply this ordinance, mm -hmm. the rental permit is suspended for a hundred and eighty days. Suspension means you cannot operate that property as a rental property. So my question for you is can you come up with language that you mentioned earlier for tenant protections? I think it's not fair to put the consequences of inaction of a landlord on the tenants. And perhaps that is a better strategy to pursue is removing something like this out of the purview of tenants and onto the permitting issuing process that before a permit is issued in University Heights it seems reasonable. We, I would so, like to get to well, I'm not done yet. Before what? eight o'clock, when mm -hmm. when and you know, can we just take can we take a vote? On yes, this, please. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we're. I'd like to have a vote. Okay, and we have a motion and a second. Uh, roll call vote for two forty two. Casada. No. Herbold. Aye. Miller. No. Moore. No. Maher. Aye. Not carried. Okay. Now, I understand that Kevin Sanders and um, David Jackson have to leave here like 8 o'clock. And uh, so I want to move to uh, community protection. And uh, Nick's going to discuss next steps of Citizen Advisory Board. And uh, he wrote a report about it. And I know that the chief also wrote a report. And Kevin Sanders had recommended uh, 
David Jackson I be part of it? To open the floor up to Kevin if, if we could. Okay, very good. Kevin, did you want to introduce? Well, we really can't, the TV can't hear you or see you. <laughs> the cameras don't move very well right now. Until we get a new, thank you so much, Kevin. Um, of course, we've been. Let's take it off, that's fine. You can hold it. But it has to be really close to your mouth is the problem. Testing yeah. one, two. Thank you. Okay. So over the last two months or so, I have been commun in communication with um, Chief Kelsey. And we've been talking about uh, working on an implicit bias training, which I spoke with Jody Madeley today. So I want this to be a collaborative effort between the University of Iowa Police Department, Iowa City Police Department, and University Heights. So I actually spoke to, as I said earlier, spoke with Jody Madeley, and we're in the process of coordinating that now. Um, as far as the the board, um, I am going to appoint Dr. David Jackson um, with the approval of the council. And I believe Nick, you have a report, and I just want to want us to kind of feed off each other sure. at this time. Sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's. I know one point that you and, and Chief Kelsey had discussed in terms of your involvement versus yeah. you appointing somebody. Yeah. I just appreciate you um, bringing Dr. Jackson here and also making that clear that that's your appointment. Yeah. So what we will be doing then is, what the council needs to do is just, I assume there's not gonna be opposition to your appointment, but it's then you know filling the other positions on the board. Um, and so we, I've in various meetings kind of put a sh you know, shout out to getting people to apply. Um, in talking to the chief, you know, he, I think he would like to see some more applications and he's, um, he's collecting them. And, and what I've put is in my report, I, I believe, is a goal I have before the end of my term is to try to get the board put together. So that would be over the next you know, month or so, I would really like to try to get the board put together. Um, I didn't, you know, and so I think, again, this is a council decision. Um, the way I think the ordinance, ordinance was written is that the council would be making the decision as a whole. Um, so I just appreciate you coming and, and just, uh, and just there, checking in. My so, understanding is, is this right, Kevin, that it's the appointing committee that will decide and you're you're going to be on it, and the selection then, committee. Yeah, the select. I'm sorry, selection pointing committee. Mm -hmm. You'd be on it, and two council members. Correct. And I thought it would be Nick Herbold as chair of police. He'd be on it, and I think it'd be very good to have Lisa Moore on it because she's going to be continuing with the council in January, and the three of you. We're going to be part of this committee and looking at the applications. Is that how you understand how it's written? Actually, I understood it differently, and that is um, I, I, I don't disagree with Nick that we need to seat um, the board by December. I think that can be accomplished. One of the questions I had to Nick and Chief Kelsey is not here to tell us is how many applicants have already submitted a statements of interest. It's my understanding that there are several um, already out there. So 
Um, and do we I, have names? Do we? That's. I think you do. Um, I have. I have seen uh, at least for council two. Um, how many are you aware of, Nick? That in addition to those two. I think it was just maybe a couple more. Um, in talking with the chief, he, I think, was a little. When Chief Peterson was here, I think, you know, when you guys were working together, I think he was. Chief Peterson, I think, was looking at himself as having maybe a more central role in it. Mm -hmm. I think Chief Kelsey has been um, more hesitant to have that central role. I'm kind of learning, and I think that's you know, makes his reasoning makes sense. He didn't mm -hmm. think that necessarily a board that is kind of be doing the the function that this board is doing should be mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. in a sense like monitored by him. police that's so, right yeah. he needs to be yeah. independent so yeah. he's been kind of kind of the role he's looking at is he's trying to get you know he's trying to play kind of the uh, administrative role of you know getting the information on the people and trying to follow up I, I guess to get kind of complete applications in a sense and then I think he would be bringing who he has to us um, you know, so that we can evaluate those people and make make appointments. Yeah, and and I don't disagree that that's that doing that by December is possible. We're a small community. Historically, we don't have a strong number of applicants for you know we're not expecting thirty applicants for this. And the other thing too is, um, can you tell us a little bit more about what other review board compositions look like in other cities that have them? How large are they? Uh, they. Um, the majority of the boards are, they exceed five. Mm -hmm. And so anywhere between five or seven, not larger. Um, but the main thing is we want to make sure that the board is diverse. We want to place emphasis, emphasis on diversity, coming from a diverse background of advocates. Now, I think that one of the NAACP's concerns is I'm not sensing transparency in with the applicants. And I think that would help us if we know this, because I feel like I have been communicating with Troy Kelsey, but I know that he's had some personal obligations that he's had to attend to. But I, I don't see the communication. And that's what I'm concerned about. I, I just think that we need to meet and and talk about how we're going to get back on the right track, because I have to report to the state president. And I think there's just some concerns right now that. I don't know who the applicants are. I don't know how many, and that's that's a concern. Yeah, I think one thing to talk to the chief about too is making sure that anybody who submits information to him is okay with you know mm -hmm. information being shared. So mm -hmm. we do share it, but yeah, at that point, I think that makes sense to be transparent. About mm -hmm. it. Did you see his report, which came late? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he talks about a. Could you process. could you say that? Mm -hmm. Could you just publicly say what he says in his report? Because I don't have it with me, but sure, I'll read this paragraph. Although I believe the process should be moved forward quickly, I do not believe the process should be compromised. I strongly believe it should be a fair and transparent process, mm -hmm. and one in which all interested UH residents should have the opportunity to be informed of the opportunity, responsibility, and expectations, so they might ask to be considered for selection. I am not entirely convinced this has yet occurred. The ordinance does not specify the specific application process or form. I would suggest that be clarified so interested persons could apply, be screened, and interviewed. Mm. Yeah, I think he mentioned too maybe putting something on the website, I guess. I don't know if there's any other mm -hmm. way to broadcast this. I mean, like I said, I brought it up at, at, in 
conference and meetings. Yeah, Louise brought it up in December. And, you know, as people ask, you know, I've been informing them of what mm-hmm. the responsibilities might be. So, I mean, this shouldn't be any more complicated than the tree board who screens for background mm-hmm. in terms of interest in the tree board and availability and interest in the area. Yeah, it's because a I different than the tree board, I would say. Yeah, because yeah, no, but I in have terms been, of process and just in terms mm-hmm. of equivalent process, we shouldn't be complicating it. Also, the chief came in, you know, later. You know, Troy came in much later, and he stepped into a process that had started with the chief Pedersen. Mm-hmm. So that's something to also note. So, Kevin, the selection committee is made up of three people, is my understanding. Yes, and I have tampered with the idea. I told Troy, uh, Kelsey, that I would serve on the selection committee if That's I didn't my have interview. another member who had the time to commit to it. And as of today, another member said that he would uh, serve on a selection committee as well as Dr. Jackson serving on the board. So that really kind of helped me out. So... I will provide you with the names of, well, you know, Dr. Jackson already, but mm-hmm. uh, another member of the NAACP has agreed to be my designee. So we're on track as far as our appointees, but I think it's very important to sort of expedite the process. And I'm open to having um, five to seven members on the board. I think that needs to be discussed. I mean, you've seen the, the chief... In, in his report saying he's not wanting to necessarily be the one to recruit yes people. if you have any yes. other methods I, I do reach out for, to people in University Heights that might be interested okay I think that would be very helpful okay I don't know if that's Do, does the city what? have a, a newsletter from for the city website uh, Lisa does the website from CivPro come with a city newsletter we can put something on the website but somebody has to write it come up with it i would say nick should work i think we ought to put a deadline of you know any other interested people maybe by i don't know how this committee can meet our next meeting is december 10th and so it'd have to be maybe two weeks more okay something like that and then or i don't know whatever the committee says or maybe in a week's time i mean uh i think there's four or five people interested right now Mm. do we need to have like do we need to come up with a form for them all for interested parties to fill out real quick so that the information they're submitting is standardized in some fashion versus just getting like a personal essay from everyone can talk to them okay i mean we don't have a form but do you have a form what what do you think would be preferable i think you can just ask them yeah i don't interview them yeah i don't think that would be an issue i don't we can i think it's a good question we talked troy and i talked about a form Mm-hmm. and then said, well, the committee could interview them or even a phone interview or whatever they... Mm-hmm. He provided a link to a... Oh, right there. So, so, yeah. he, he sent it so late, I didn't even I, look I at it. It was very late. So. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, he's very busy right now, mm-hmm. so it was fortunate he sent that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so with the selection committee, you can move forward and we'll just give a deadline i mean if we announce it today on you know a deadline of today's november 12th so we say 
November. <laughs> I hate to what would what would be I mean, we do have four or five members that okay. want to, but I don't think it's been announced to everyone and I think it's fair that now we're discussing it. Uh, maybe there's some other people interested mm-hmm. too. And so I think maybe a week or ten days would be enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe. May I request the um, opinions from the rest of the council members? And But I know, you know, you have to meet <coughs> during the holidays and things. And uh, I think that just needs to be part. I, yeah. I mean, that just. So, we need to see. I, I think um, Nick's idea to seat this review board, we're already late in mm-hmm. implementing the ordinance. We're super late. And. Um, I don't think we're super Yes, we are. We're supposed to see the So if the we announce this, give a deadline, and then early December? No, I mean, that's too late. Say, uh, We've it's got too late for what? Christmas vacations are coming up. Schools are Early December, we could talk I about I think it. 10 days. The Nick Friday, is nodding his head. Right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving is fine. I mean, you're, so that way. Vacations are due Friday, November 22nd. Yeah, make them do the 22nd, an interview. That's the end of next week. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 So the Applications 22nd. are due yeah. Friday, November 22nd. 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 Okay. And then, Kevin, would it be possible for um, Dr. Jackson and committee members to meet and interview these folks before um, the next meeting on December the 10th? Well, so I think that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the goal of the yes. committee. That I just want to clarify yes. the timeline. Yes. And make okay. a selection. Okay. okay. Because, you know, uh, per the ordinance, this group has other deliverables to turn in. Yeah, and that we have to stay on time. But I guess I, I'm curious to know what we need to know from these people yeah. beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from name and... I think the selection committee is going to meet, discuss that. And yes. And review uh, the application form or what you need to know there that Troy gives. And I think... would have some idea of yeah. what they're going to be at. Some applicants have already submitted much of that information. No, many... Uh, there aren't many applicants. Uh, but anyway, let's keep on moving with this. And uh, I think... You know, and it, and you just do the best you can, and if you can't get it done by December tenth, you don't get it done by December tenth. You know, but I'm sure you'll get a good start on it and some direction. So let's. We have the direction, and we'll get it done. Okay, <laughs> I like that attitude. Thank you, Kevin. And who should? Is there a specific person? Like, who's the person collecting these? Chief has been. Okay, yeah. so send them. Well, to the it can go to the city clerk. Usually, okay, applications to go to the city clerk. Okay. Uh, but they could contact me or the city clerk. Okay. And I think Troy kind of wanted to stay away from this. So, no, and that uh, and that's completely understandable, right? And so uh, you just, I'm sure Kevin says we'll get it done. I'm sure you'll get it done. So. Uh, do you want to keep on going and talking about your report a little bit? There's really nothing else I need to talk about in my report at this time. Okay. I, mean, I had raised the, the issue of 
the moratorium on rental permits ending right at the beginning of the term for the next January. council? January 15th. Yeah. And so I just, I didn't know if this would come up in anybody else's reports but or agenda items, but I just wanted to make sure that we understood that and that the new council had notice of that. If we're going to do anything, that we would get that going before next year. Well, I do have something to say about that because uh, at the end of last week, I spoke with Terry Gert, and uh, he said he's willing to be the administrator of our rental program. And I uh, only spoke to him on Friday, and I'd like to work out with him and bring more information to the December meeting, and if that's okay with the council. Yeah, that'd be great. Work towards that, okay? Yeah. Well, you have a job description of what it means to be administrator of the program ready as well. I think that would be very helpful for the conversation. Okay. Well, I'm going to work out the details. So I'll bring that back for December. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll go to, uh, let's see, we got to go back to and also, engineer Louise, report. I would be interested in knowing about Terry Gert's outside obligations because part of the problem that we have... You know what? I'm going to work on, on it for next Well, let me just month. explain why. Because if we're talking about snow removal and ice on sidewalks and rental properties, we really need to... Need I to will have, discuss. I will discuss. We that. will need to have the attention. Thanks, yeah. I want to yeah. keep moving here. Yeah. Okay. Engineer's report. Okay. Josiah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe we can get this meeting going a little quicker now. Okay. Thank you. I submitted a written report. <laughs> it had a couple items, which I'll touch on briefly. Your MS4 permit, the renewal process, all your public notices have been published and approved and sent back in. The permit's been paid. As I noted last month, the DNR had one addition to your permit, which I included in the written report, and uh, it's it's fine. Um, and uh, I, I'm getting that information to Lisa to put up on the page. Some additional information they wanted on topsoil preservation which, as I said in the report, doesn't really apply to most of the residents in town because everybody's lots less than an acre in size. But, um, attached to my report was a schedule for the Olive Court improvements. Um, and I, I will just bring up a couple quick dates. One is, uh, if you recall from last year, Mid-American Gas has a gas main, old gas main and services on that street that had to be uh, reinstalled. And since um, the project was put on hold until next year, they're going to get started on that uh, later this month. So they'll get their new mains and services into everybody's houses early, which will be very helpful. The other thing I wanted to point out was that um, we applied for uh, funding last year through the uh, Iowa Department of Agriculture Urban Water Quality Program. And there were a number of reports a year ago of that process, and we weren't selected and reasons why. But she contacted us again and said, hey, we're, we don't have many much interest this year. Will you resubmit? So I'll work on getting that up application updated and turned in. That's great news. Good. Thank you. The last item I had was uh, the pavement markings and just, yeah, up on the screen that uh, the last line segments on Melrose were completed uh, mid last week. Okay, thank you. Okay, any questions for Josiah? Okay, very good. Thank you, Josiah. Nice um, two minutes. 
we'll go on to uh, mayor's report and uh, I just wanted to announce that any resident interested in serving on any city committees for example board of adjustment community events committee the tree board or the zoning commission contact me November December thank you very much do you have openings in those positions that the public should be aware of yeah, we have openings on all of them because they're all staggered to end at each year. Uh, then the hotel project update, uh, I contacted Greg Stiltner and he said they're not able to attend the meeting tonight, but they will give an end of the year report uh, next month. And construction is continuing. Uh, so now we'll go to legal reports. Steve? Thanks. So the first item is resolution number 1936, which approves a form of application and fees for communication technology equipment. Uh, sometimes we've, t we've talked about it as small uh, wireless facilities. Um, I've reported on this several times. Uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Steve, I just want a clarification. The only thing I was, I was going to say was that... Um, uh, the FCC uh, and the state uh, legislature have really restricted a city's ability to um, restrict mm -hmm. uh, certain facilities, particularly when, um, in, in the case that we, we expect an application, Verizon wants to attach these small cell um, uh, antenna to existing mid-American utility pools. I have a question regarding the um, application and fees of Resolution 1936, and I just want to make sure that the staff, the city staff time incurred in the process of reviewing and communicating with any of these applicants is charged back to these applicants. Is that? It's not part of, uh, I don't think you can do that under the ordinance uh, or under the uh, state law and the FCC order as such. Uh, the fee that is specified, I think, is $500 per Five. Yeah, for up to five separate structures. Mm -hmm. and that was that was the attempt. Um, to cover those costs? Yeah. Okay. How, uh, I, let yeah. me ask uh, Josiah, how, how long do you anticipate an estimated review process time for any of these applications, Josiah? The, the time involved? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say because we haven't done it before, but I can just tell you in general, anytime you review a permit, it depends on how complete it is and how many times you go back and forth mm -hmm. with it. But um, it, it generally involves uh, 8 to 12 hours probably between initial and review and coordination and construction and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. follow up and clean up and, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not a, it's not a wow. quick and easy yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. So it looks like we're city's going to be picking up a lot of that uh, uh, fees. Okay. Consideration That's of resolution number nineteen thirty six is before you. Motion adoption. Motion by Virginia. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by Lisa. Uh, any further discussion? Roll call vote. Herbold. Aye. Miller. Aye. Moore. Aye. Maher. Aye. Casada. Aye. Carried. Okay, and then Steve, you can mm -hmm. Thanks. keep on going. Okay, the next item is uh, resolution number 1848. Uh, this is uh, the resolution, 19. excuse me, thank you, 1948, <laughs> that um, the, the resolution that would approve the city uh, making an internal advance, uh, sort of a loan to itself, 
not unlike the one that you just approved the fund transfer for from last year. Uh, this is so the the OUP TIF, as you may recall, is a it's called a rebate TIF. So that means no funds flow back to the developer or to anyone else until the funds are first paid by the people that pay taxes, of the owners of OUP, not including the city because the city doesn't pay taxes to on uh, property that it owns. So of the uh, of the tax dollars collected uh, from OUP owners, commercial and residential. Um, then uh, the development agreement with with uh, the OUP developers provides that the city may uh, rebate, return uh, up to 95% of that um, in, in the form of this rebate TIF. The 95% of it is your next resolution. The 5% of it that remains is the present resolution, 1948. The city uh, council last year um, amended the, uh, the urban renewal plan to include some particular um, projects, Melrose Streetscape, Melrose uh, Panel Replacement, and Olive Court Reconstruction. And so this, what this uh, resolution does is it, it, permits, it authorizes the treasurer that, to move funds from the general fund to those urban renewal project funds and then use the TIF money that will come in starting in 2020 um, to uh, repay the city. It's, that's what it is. Okay, number 1948 is before you. Is there a motion? I'll motion. Motion by Lisa, second by Dottie. Okay, uh, any further discussion, questions? Yeah, this is uh, the resolution that defunds 100% um, all schooling obligations from the TIF district, and I disagree fundamentally with that. This is not the time to be defunding our schools. Uh, any other discussion? Okay, roll call vote. Miller? Aye. Moore? Aye. Maher? Aye. Casada? No. Herbold? Aye. Carried? So then the next resolution, 1949, is, is uh, called the Annual Appropriation uh, Resolution for the <laughs> OUP TIF. So what this says is that based upon the developer's worksheet, which I sent around to the council, um, you know, the, the developer uh, calculates up the assessed value of property as determined by the Johnson County Assessor effective January 1, uh, 2019 in this case, and then goes through a formula, there's a rollback, and then uh, comes up with a, uh, uh, a, a number that is multiplied by 95% and, and submits this to the council, which the developer has done. So the, the allocation, uh, the appropriation, I should say, uh, for for this resolution, it's it's effective next year because of the way taxes are paid. But the amount of the six hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars, as noted in those documents, the uh, the assessed value of the property is something in excess of forty-five million dollars. I think it's fully assessed at this point. Um, and then the resolution also then authorizes uh, the uh, TIF collection of the the internal appropriation that the council just made by way of its uh, resolution 1948. So that's what 1949 is. Steve, oh. one question for me. Yep. Would being an owner over here, does that, do you think that impacts any, I'm trying to think if there's a conflict of interest mm -hmm. anyway in this. Mm-hmm. You get a benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also, just you recused you yourself your, from the last you one. You pay your tax. Anybody who owns it pays the tax. The uh, the developer gets the benefit. You don't. Um, That's why I, I didn't. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. Last I, mean, I think announcing it. I don't think you have a, a strict conflict of interest that would prohibit you from voting. You know, if you feel you do, obviously that's your decision to make. I but I don't see it from a legal standpoint. I'll just So 1949 is before you. So moved. Adoption. Motion by Virginia, second by Dottie. Discussion. Yeah, this is the resolution that um, we have much more information from Johnson County assessors as to the value. So initially, I want to remind this council that a $4 million gap was identified in 2014-2015 for which started down this uh, terrible road of handing over all of this amount of money at the expense of residents throughout our city. And as more information from Johnson County assessor values are coming out, there this mathematical um, there's some mathematical issues of, of supporting a gap of four million when this building was assessed after completion two point five million. So I'm really concerned with the new information coming out of Johnson County. And so um, I still continue to not support uh, this TIF allotment and this year for vastly different reasons than the years prior in which I have I have voted against it. Uh, is there any other discussion? Uh, roll call vote. Moore? Aye. Maher? Aye. Casada? No. Herbold? Same. Miller? Aye. Carried? Okay. Um, you have one more. Okay. Okay, so the last one is somewhat ministerial, but in any event, it authorizes the filing of a report that's required by Iowa law concerning um, various of the uh, the TIF matters that you've just discussed. Actually, this, this report concerns the calendar year 2019, so it's more of the things you did last year. But it's just the filing of the report to tell the state uh, of Iowa's Department of Management uh, what's going on with the TIF district here in OUP and in University Heights. 1950s before you. Is there a motion? Motion by uh, Dottie. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by Lisa. Okay. Uh, discussion. Roll call vote. Maher. Casado. No. Nope. Herbold. Aye. Miller. Aye. Moore. Aye. Carried. Okay. Very good. Uh, any other questions for Steve? Okay, we'll move on to the clerk report. Um, Chris, you have a couple of things, or one thing, I'm, maybe. As soon as I'm done writing, yes, thank you. Uh, I sent out my updated, um, uh, my clerk report in the updated building and rental permit spreadsheets. Um, in addition, I have two items under my name, and I'm trying to find them. Here we go. The first one, consideration of resolution number 1946, I would actually like to defer until the December meeting. Uh, Lori and I need to get together to finalize that. We are updating the names of our um, investment companies, banks, et cetera, that we are working with to have that ready for, um, for the city. The second item is resolution 1947, establishing uh, official city depositories and specifying the maximum amount that may be kept in each deposit. Again, this is something that came up from our city examination, and so I would appreciate your consideration. Motion adoption of 1947. Second. Okay, motion by Virginia and second by Dottie. Uh, discussion, roll call vote. Sorry. Oh, where are we? Um, Casada. Aye. Herbold. Aye. Miller. 
Aye. Moore. Aye. Maher. Aye. Carried. Okay. Is there any other questions for Chris? Okay. The treasurer's report, um, that was circulated by Lori, and uh, she also included the warrants. Um, did everyone get to review them? Um, is there any objection? Actually, no, because they weren't circulated to all of council. At least I didn't receive copies of not just the warrants. Well, maybe but, you can bring it up on the screen. But a number of other documents from tonight's council until later when I found them on the city webpage. So there was a either I was completely overlooked in the in the in the circulation of these documents, but um, they're all of them and consistently accept. Uh, Chris's and uh, Chief Troy Kelsey's report. Those were there along with Steve and Nick's. But so it says to staff, okay. council, and Troy on Lori's email. Okay, then it's probably somewhere else then. Yeah. Is your council? I probably my spam folder. I'll check. So are you gonna? But anyhow, I don't have any issues with the, uh, I just making okay. a note of this. I did manage to pull them from the website. Okay. Um, so is there any objection to paying the bills? Uh, hearing none, the bills will be paid by unanimous consent. Uh, are you have any questions for Lori? Okay. Well, um, we went through community protection pretty much, I think. Okay, yes, including reading Chief's report, so that's good. So we'll go on to building zoning and sanitation. And our next round of leaf vacuuming will be done by Quality Care starting Monday, November 25th. Hopefully, I who knows what the weather's going to do. <laughs> I don't Vacuuming, it'll probably yeah, be 80 it'll be degrees. the last it'll be the last <laughs> round this fall okay uh, I think they finished pretty I think they finished on Thursday you know they didn't start on that Monday and they finished Tuesday Wednesday Thursday so that went better than last year yeah I didn't Don't mind that they were yeah and I didn't mind that they started a day late because a lot of people actually did rake on mon Monday and they would have been missed otherwise. So, okay. We'll see what the weather does. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. So now we'll go to finance committee. And Sylvia, you had first consideration of ordinance number 244. Um, that's right. And it's my understanding late in the evening that you contacted um, the representative, Lechen Rayland, from Chains Interrupted to Council. Yes, I talked and to her. Hold on. And. And I understand that it's because part of the information is still outstanding, which is part of the what's in the minutes, and that's that's fine. That's not a problem. As as my as my information um, provides, the ordinance hasn't changed. I haven't received any feedback from counselors on what should change or what shouldn't. But we did manage to get information on the Marriott's present policy. So I want to reiterate to this council and to the public that Marriott. It's a corporate prerogative for them to have anti-human traffic, trafficking training. It is nowhere found in our PUD agreements that that level of employee training will take place. My biggest concern is that we have a stadium 
It's a sports facility complex. We have a hotel across from it within very close proximity. And there is a risk factor that I think we are well served in preemptively trying to mitigate and manage for two reasons. One, nowhere in the hotel documents does it say that they have to stay with Marriott. If they move away from Marriott, we lose the assurances that there is a corporation that, is, that has an internal policy requiring such training. Number two, it's a policy issue because the legal department, Steve Ballard, has not identified any reasons why this, why the city could not adopt. And he provided you with that statement at the last meeting and nothing has changed to the best of my knowledge through other communications with Steve. And as a result, it is a forward-looking ordinance to ensure that when this hotel comes in, that it is in place. As I was campaigning this time around, many of the neighbors around that area are still a little bit in a shock that there is a hotel next to them. They didn't realize just how big and, and such a big presence it is. And it also reminded me that part of this conversa conversation began with one of our police officers who is no longer here on the force with us. He moved to Dubuque. And his biggest concern from his perspective was exactly this, trafficking. And trafficking under Iowa law pulls in a number of different criminal scenarios, not just the ones that, that Chains Interrupted identified. And as a result, I think that that is a policy issue squarely within the body of council's prerogative to take action. It's not a Sylvia issue. It is an issue of do you want to have a high-performing quality business district in your city boundaries and this ordinance moves in that direction it's consistent with what the marriott practices are and should the hotel ever debrand away from marriott to another brand that does not have this social commitment your ordinance is already requiring that they look for a substitute um, provider to train and you heard from chains interrupted that they provide this freely and gratuitously to those interested hotels and motels that want this training. I want to say that when I talked to Lynchin today, I told her that I apologized to her. I said, as you know, at the last meeting, and I'm going to read from the minutes here, uh, first consideration of number 244 mandatory training for the detection and reporting of human trafficking was deferred to allow Lenshin Rayside, co-founder of Chains Interrupted, time to research model ordinances and meet with city's officials and interested parties. Mm -hmm. I apologize to her that I hadn't contacted her, her after the meeting and got that done by November. I told her that this is what the council wanted to do and that I didn't want her to waste her time coming tonight when we hadn't met. And this is what the council decided. Has anything changed with the council? Do you still want to do that? And I told her, mm -hmm. I don't think December looks that much better, but I think as we move forward, we still have nine, ten months before the hotel opens mm -hmm. and that this could be addressed as we move forward later on down the road. Sure. 
so that's why I didn't have her come. from the Marriott, so it's and, Marriott. So. And, and part of the, meeting with uh, city officials and interested parties was uh, probably uh, the police chief and the hotel developers mm -hmm. and anyone else interested. So I still think we should continue, as the council said in October, and do that. I just didn't have time to do that this past four weeks. Well, why she couldn't show up and provide with what at least she has information for some of the questions that we're being responsive for, I think that you know would have been I told her she could come to any meeting she wanted to. The meetings are open. Well, she could come to any of know, the meetings. The I just Court didn't want to waste her time. <laughs> the Supreme Court today said that they are very, very, very interested in, you know, the citizen, um, you know, the DACA, the DACA students and the DACA people who are, who are recipients of that protection and that they're super interested in being helpful, but they're letting the Trump resolution executive order stand and pretty much deporting everybody. So for me, this is a, a we should have allowed a continuation of this discussion with whatever information we had. We know that Troy Kelsey, our chief, has been away for personal matters and celebration matters, right? There was a wedding and there's now a funeral and I'm sorry about that and, and that was part of it. But I think at the end of the day, this council should have moved forward with some information, at least data, collecting information. And getting a phone call this late in the day and not having at least me involved I mean, come on, Louise. It it just their perception is is otherwise, and it looks to me. Well, I don't want to discuss perception with they, you at hey, this optics point. Optics is everything. So all I can tell I, you is was there I'm, anything on the agenda about her attending? No. This is no, good. This is good not. enough. I reached out to her. So, I didn't know she was planning on coming. You didn't even say it in your report that she was coming. Council requested information at and, the last council uh, meeting. So, anyway, so I think it's fair. Want to move on with agenda yes, items from I mean, now on. I'm comfortable letting the next council okay. take this up too. We don't have time left in this term to do three readings. They're going to have to do a reading on this. The they Marriott can, but there's nothing that this stops this council topic. from beginning the readings. Not at this. Yeah. So I Steve would, wants to comment. So I do want to say that with respect to the the Marriott brand of the hotel, so the development agreement and, uh, and the ordinance specifically provide that that, that that hotel can only change from being a Marriott based upon a, a four-fifths vote of the council. So it's not as though they could change the brand without not just council notice or council approval, but a, a supermajority approval. And I, I wonder, too, in the contract that, that the builders have with Marriott, whether there are any preconditions about what, what might be done once they terminate that brand name and go off on their own. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. But yeah, there's four fifths majority is is not a guarantee that Marriott will continue. No, just makes it it just makes it a little bit more let's of a just point. go on to the it's next point agenda of item. That okay. if that's the and point that's at e which no, I think this is important. That's the point at which this ordinance would matter. Until that happens, this ordinance does not matter at all. It's and not. So, it's not that it doesn't matter. It so does. Saying it operates no differently than what they're doing right now. So there, it's not except the city is involved, and the city has to do work. No, it doesn't. So I'm just saying there. Really? <laughs> there's, 
there's a stopgap there that the Marriott you still have to do work without it coming to council attention at which point council has a chance to put in a human trafficking ordinance should it so desire and I think so you're you're making our council a reactive council instead of being proactive yeah Virginia's right as long as there is an opportunity I just don't like doing things that aren't necessary I'm sorry you don't feel like protecting people okay, as, a, as a moral imperative. Agenda. That is that's not, not what she said. That that's not what necessary. anybody said. Let's go on to the next agenda oh. item and finish this. Okay, now that's Lisa, your report, Written. which was very interesting on all the different people that are interested in University Heights website. Thank you. Are there any questions for Lisa? Yes, there are. There, um, in the course of the last few weeks, a number of people have been complaining that there are broken links, and um, some were concerned that the city invested quite a bit with um, broken links from where? Broken links from old records or old links that they were used to hyperlinking. So well, there, are, do you not think there would be broken links with a new website? No, but hold on a minute because some of these people seem to know what they were talking about when it came to website design, and that is what exactly was the obligation of Civic Plus? What exactly is the obligation of Civic Plus to restore some of those broken links? Some people opined that in their in their experience that Civic Plus should have had a cleanup process of relinking some of those some of those broken links. Are you so, providing me with the links? I'm asking you. Are you providing it, the links so I can see what I, you're talking about? I don't know. I'll have to go back and ask all of them. There's several residents. I know that your one. campaign material had broken links, but that's not Civic Plus. That's, you know what? We're not talking about me. We're talking about the work you did with city money. And that is broken links. You're not providing your work me product. A, you're not providing. So my question to you is what? What type of work was Civic Plus supposed to do for purposes of restoring? When they transferred over documents, what were they supposed to be restoring along the way? So I can provide, I can go back to all of these people and do. Actually, why don't you send out an email asking the public to provide you with feedback How on it? How would I send out an email to the public? I would ask that any citizen who may be watching this, listening to this, reach out to either Lisa or myself with examples. Uh, please Broken send them links. to us directly so that we can look into this and see if maybe it's on their end and it's what they've saved perhaps in error versus something that has to do with the website. So please contact us via email, give us sure. a call, et cetera. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like I mean, if a, there is something when you do so a website overhaul, you, yeah, you have totally different paths and some of those old paths I think are mm -hmm. still out there saved in search engines or whatever I, I don't know exactly well if somebody has yeah if somebody has a document that has a link yeah. in it I mean, yeah it's common. not and you yeah you have new a new it's you know, not something that no. it's I mean, not directly tied to any provider internet provider at the university this happens all the time we just need people to tell us if they have something it's either on their end sure. of what they've saved for a link or it's something that we need to address Personally, I would like to hear this from citizens so that we have examples. Yeah. And personally, I will go ahead and collect them too. So if they don't feel comfortable reaching out to either of you, I will go ahead and pass them. I out. would hope that they would feel comfortable reaching out to the clerk because we just want to provide good information. I do too. That's why I'm raising the issue. Well, I appreciate you raising it, and I would like them to reach out to us because we've been working yeah, on the I website. Send you all the stuff for like Christmas pickup and all that stuff. The uh, schedule. Yes. Okay. Great. It's on. Thank you. Do you have anything I, else? I will be on. 
Do you have anything else, Lisa? No? I do Okay, not. thank you. Uh, is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting's adjourned by unanimous consent. Thank you very much. We'll see you on December 10th.